Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. All right, John chapter 20. Today I want to talk to you about how God is at work, um, and it's in areas where we might not realize that he's at work. And so we're going to look at the story of the resurrection of Jesus in the gospel of John. How many love the gospel of John? So rich. And uh, we're going to start at verse one of chapter 20. So if you have your Bibles, then we'll have it up on the screen there. Let's read verse one. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Then jump down to verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. The angels asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking uh, he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Now I want to read Romans chapter 8 real quick here. Romans chapter 8, familiar text, verse 26 first. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Are you thankful the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses? I love that verse, man. And it says, we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And then jumps down, uh, we jump down to verse 28. It says this, and we know that all things, say all things, work together. Can you say that? Say work together for our good, for the good of those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Amen. Now we're going to take just one minute and pray. Um, and then we're going to jump right into it. Father, thank you for every family, every person in this room. Would you pray with me, church, and just thank God for this beautiful Resurrection Sunday. Lord, we pray uh, today as we jump into the Word, into the text, Lord, I pray for the transforming power of truth in Jesus' name. Give us hearing ears and open hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Would you say amen? And then seal it with a shout of praise. Would you one more time? I lived in Las Vegas for many years, and so now I'm addicted to chapstick. So next time I'm up here and I'm talking about addictions being broken, can you all believe that my lips will recover from those many years of the desert and the dryness? You guys think I'm playing. I'm not playing, man. My eyes are dry too all the time. I think it's because I lived in the desert so much. Uh, so I want to jump right in here. You know, years of Easter, as I get older and older, um, have taught me well, they've taught me first, you don't get baskets anymore as you get older. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know where my wife is, but I, I'm going to start expecting Easter. Bat- How many remember, though, when you're little, you wake up? Did you have parents that did that? You know, you wake up and there's a basket hidden somewhere. Man, I used to love that. And I, I always loved when it was the big bunny, the chocolate bunny, not the hollow chocolate bunnies, the solid chocolate bunnies eat the whole thing. I just grab an ear, 
and just snap an ear off. Come on, somebody. All right, I know Easter is not about chocolate Easter monies. I know um, a little bit of our history, and I want to I talk about three things where God is at work when we don't realize it. Looking at the text, Mary was, it was still dark outside. The sun had not risen, but the Son of God had risen, and she was weeping outside the tomb, and, and she didn't realize it was Jesus that was standing there. How many know sometimes that God is at work uh, when we don't see him or recognize him there? Um, as a pastor, we planted a church in Las Vegas many years ago, 13 years ago, in fact, pastored that church for 11 years. When we first started pastoring a church, I wasn't raised in the church, and so uh, in, in some ways it was to my benefit. I, I, I learned to just kind of do church outside the box in some ways, and, and how many know that God's forming a new wineskin of what the church should be, what it looks like, Amen. And I found myself, we found ourselves pastoring a lot of broken people. We're in Las Vegas, Sin City. Uh, started with about a dozen people and it grew and God did some amazing things. But what I've learned is I think, you know, coming to a place where not, you don't just have the title of pastor, but you learn to capture God's heart for people and you learn to weep with them when they're broken. And this is an interesting thing. Like, and what I've learned is even in the midst of brokenness, God is at work. And this is point number one, that God is at work in the weeping. Will you say it? In the weeping. Now, man, I, I could just stop right now and just talk about the goodness of God, that he proves himself faithful even when we're faithless. How many times does God show himself faithful in the valley? How many of we go walk through the valley? And the valley is where fruit grows. And if we take a minute just to think about the goodness of God and, and looking at the text like Mary, it might look dark. We might not feel like Jesus is around, but he is at work in front of us. And even when it's dark and we're weeping, God can take our tears and they can be sown and turned into joy. And I, I just want to encourage you that like time and time again, and the Bible says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. He's with us in the weeping. I don't know how many times I've experienced this, this thing where in suffering and in brokenness and, and, and just Take note and capture this revelation of truth that will change your life. If something bad is happening, it doesn't mean it was God's will and intent for you. Sometimes bad things happen. Can you say amen? Remember that time that you got up in the middle of the night to use the restroom, and as the older you get, you do that more, right? Can you say amen? Okay. If you're young, you don't know what I'm talking about but you stubbed your toe on that coffee table in the dark. And, and how many know it wasn't God trying to teach you a lesson? It was clumsiness or darkness or who moved the freaking coffee table over here? Some things have no rhyme or reason. And listen, God is at work in the weeping and the Bible says he works, all, the Spirit helps. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is so good at turning the, the mud uh, and muck of our life into soil that can bring revival. He is so good at making broken things beautiful. And he works all things together for our good. It doesn't mean he initiates all things for our good. Hello? Some things just happen according to natural laws, spiritual laws, and it's not God's intent. In fact, Romans 8 is the culmination of redemption. Even creation itself is still being redeemed. 
and eagerly expecting the manifestation of the sons of God. And this is what Paul's talking about. And we see in the story of John chapter 20 in the resurrection, the cosmos being reborn and Jesus meeting her in her brokenness. How many are thankful that Jesus reveals his love to us in our weeping? He reveals his nearness to, and time and time again, I've seen this, I can't comprehend. I don't understand how it works. But even in times of suffering, it's like God is closer to those that are broken than those that aren't. I can't, I know that he's everywhere. I know that he fills all things. Come on. I know that he holds every subatomic particle together, every cell, every neutron. Pro- I don't know nothing about all that, but I'm just throwing words out there. He holds everything together. But I've prayed for people in hospitals that are on their deathbed and, and they get healed and we rejoice. I've prayed for people that don't get healed. And I don't overthink it and say, well, God, why'd you do this and why'd you do that? I'm not going to overthink it. There, there might not be a why behind a reason. There might not be a, a divine why. Not Everything does not happen for a reason. Don't believe that lie. Some things have no reason at all. Right. Well, God, why'd you allow this? It's not that God allowed it. It's God allowed the possibility for there to be suffering. There's a huge difference. In fact, it takes more of a sovereign God to create a world with free agents than it does to create robots. And we're powerful enough to resist his love and that's why we're in a mess. God doesn't exhaustively control, he's in charge. He's sovereign and Lord and king, he's the king of kings, but he's redeeming humanity and his spirit is at work even in the weeping. I remember as a pastor learning this, like weeping with people, that he saves those that are crushed in spirit. I remember like we're growing as a church and you know, people are getting saved. We're in an inner, inner city area and, and lots of radical conversions. We're doing outreaches in the Las Vegas area. It's amazing what the Lord is doing. And then I remember this young man passed away. This young man started coming to our church. He's in his 20s. He recommits his life to the Lord. Then he goes to a tobacco store or something and he buys something called spice and they smoke it, whatever. And it's over the counter, I think this particular thing, this, what he smoked was banned. And it's just, it's supposed to like make you feel relaxed or whatever. It's like a fake high. And, and he was trying to get free from that stuff. He didn't smoke weed and he's like getting, but he smoked this stuff, had a bad reaction, horrible situation, goes to the hospital and dies. And we're like, and his mom's calling me and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to do a memorial service. And how many know that like, those are hard times. There's another time a young man died of a drug overdose in his 20s. He has kids. I mean, totally robbed. God was not about this at all. It had nothing to do with God's will or intent. This man made some bad choices, and I remember they called us to do the memorial service. So I'm thinking like, well, I, I know, I think, you know, he was involved in drugs, and, and I know a lot of his friends, his circle of friends are like, we're talking pimps, prostitutes, Gang leaders, drug dealers, tax collector. No, just kidding, not really. <laughs> Zacchaeus. But I'm thinking, we're going to do this memorial service. I'm going to use it as an opportunity to preach the gospel. So we did this memorial service. I preached Jesus, man. And I'm like, it didn't hold back at all. Like, some of y'all are here, not just because you're, you know, memorializing the life of your friend or your family, but God has been on your trail. And I began to preach the gospel. About 35 people gave their hearts to the Lord. I'm telling you, God used the seed of this man's life to bring revival. And, and God is at work in the weeping. 
And there's casualties of war, but that doesn't mean that God can't redeem a situation. Come on. While it was still dark, Mary's weeping and didn't realize Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit can turn our mud of depression into soil of revival. He's so good at that, man. He's so good, and he's proven himself faithful. He's, he's always provided. I, I love the saying, it might feel like Friday, but how many know Sunday is here? It may feel like death and mourning and weeping, and God knows what we go through. Even when we put on a smile on a Sunday morning, oh, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored, but inside we're not. God knows, and he cares, and he loves, and he's near. Hear me. He's near to the brokenhearted. I've learned this. Like I, I remember we're praying for this one lady that was sick, and it was like this sudden, disastrous doctor's report. And we're praying, we're believing God, and she's weeping, and, and we're in the hospital. And man, the presence of Jesus was so real, more real than I feel it in this church right now. And we're in a hospital room. I mean, I can't express it or explain it, but somehow Jesus is more real in times of suffering than when he's not. And I, it's not, it doesn't mean it's his will. It just means that God manifests his love in broken times. Late in the midnight hour, God is going to turn it around. Come on. Weeping is for a night, but joy comes in the morning. In Acts chapter 16, we see the story quickly, and I'll move on to point number two, where Paul is preaching, and then there's a woman possessed with the spirit of divination, and she's saying, these are servants of the Most High God to proclaim to us the way of salvation. How many know what she said was right, but it wasn't God? Sometimes there are things that sound right and look right, but they're not God. And the word divination is the word python. It's interesting, you know, uh, the python will try to get close to its victims and then steal its breath. Sound familiar? Sounds like a virus that's been going around the last couple years. Now, I know viruses are viruses, but I think there's something demonic behind this virus. In the end of 2019, the Lord gave me a word about this particular text in Acts chapter 16 that the python spirit is going after the church. And there's something about Paul being agitated, distressed. He rebukes the demon. Now, the, the result is they put him in prison. And the Bible says they put him in prison. They put him in the inner prison. They beat them down, right? They whipped them with many stripes, is what the scripture says. Then they threw him in the inner prison, and then they fastened him to chains. And what happened was amazing. They choose to praise anyways. How many know when you're in a valley, when you're weeping, in the valley of weeping, come on, God makes a road to redemption. And they begin to worship and praise, and the Bible says the prisoners heard them, and all of a sudden there was an earthquake, come on, and all of a sudden their chains came off and their doors flew open, they got breakthrough. God took a beat down and turned it into a breakthrough, because he's good at doing that. And the, the rest of the story goes, the other prison doors are open. How many know when God gives you a breakthrough, he gives breakthrough to the people around you? Your breakthrough is not just for you. It's so you can share it with people around you. Come on. And the Bible says that the prisoner, the prison guard freaks out. And he's like, if, they, if they're out of here, they're going to kill me. So I'm just going to go down. He gets his sword and he's about to kill himself. And I have a word for you. Right at the end of this story, there's this powerful verse. When he's about ready to take his life, he, it says this. Paul called with a loud voice. And here's what he says to him, the prison guard. Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. 
The Lord gave me this this morning, and I'm telling you, if you feel like giving up, if you feel like you're, weak, you're worn out, like you've cried and your tear ducts are dry. Have you ever had that happen? Hello, am I the only one that cries sometimes and my tear ducts dry up? How many know that in those moments we feel like giving up? Listen, Paul stops and he says, do yourself no harm. We are all here. Look around the room. You might feel alone. You might feel like you're in the valley of weeping, but you're surrounded by a loving family this beautiful resurrection Sunday. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I'm going to take just a minute and I'm going to say it again. Don't do yourself any harm because we are all here. Come on and give God a shout of praise for community because there's something about being around the right people. Come on, they can teach you to praise anyways. There's something about being in, even if you're in the dark, if you're locked up in a jail cell, come on, and you worship late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn around. Come on, late in the midnight hour, he's going to work in your favor. Do you believe that? Give him another shout. Come on. God will take a beat down and turn it into a breakthrough. He works all things according to, and he's at work, and God is at work even in the weeping. God may our tears sow and bring, out, bring about victory and triumph in Jesus' name. And as we learn to weep with those who weep, as we learn to take on the heart of Jesus for broken humanity, he manifests his presence and power. He brings healing to brokenness. Even when there's casualties of war and we don't stop and, and, and just admire these demonic images of God thinking, well, God did it to teach you a lesson. No, it was from the pit of hell. And God will take what the devil meant for a curse, come on, and he'll turn it into a blessing. This young man that died of a drug overdose, there was literally families that were born again and it perpetuated and the life propagated and the seed that was sown from the one man who made a bad decision brought pimps, prostitutes, drug dealers, gang leaders. One of our head ushers was a former gang leader, man. It was the best head usher you could ever have. I remember this one brother got out of line, you know, with me, and he grabs my arm, this dude rolls up, like, you don't want to mess with this guy. He was short, but he was stocky. His name was Sonny. Man, he rolled up, man. God transforms our lives. He, t he loves broken people. He loves to heal the brokenhearted. And if you're in this room right now, you've got to know that Jesus is there in your darkness and in your weeping, even when you don't see him. And he's revealing his love to you. And he's saying, I'm right here, and I'm with you, and I'm for you. Can you say amen? amen. Number two, God is at work in the conflict. In the conflict. He helps us in our weaknesses. Talk about a beat down into a breakthrough. There was a time I was young, married, and I used to be a scrapper. And, and don't shout me down. Don't judge me. Thank God for transformed lives. Can you say amen? I remember this one. Now listen, somebody was like, hey, you look like a scrapper. This brother grabbed my arm. You know, I'm like, hey, watch yourself. You know, just in between services. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Watch your back. I flexed as soon as he grabbed my arm. Do you know anyone that does that? Grab my arm, I flex. I just, I don't know what it is. John, don't look at me like that, bro. Just because you're all yoked up. Yeah, and if you take your shirt off at the pool, I ain't taking mine off. Oh, I'm John and I'm cut. No, I'm just playing. It's envy, bro. It's envy, okay? I need to work out. <laughs> my dad's 75 years old. The brother is so cut and yoked. Like, Dad, put your shirt on. You're old. But he looks good, man. So I used to be a bit of a scrapper. And uh, 
But the reason why is I was, I was little, man. People picked on me. You had to survive. You got to do what you got to do to survive, right? Like you got to put your foot down some, sometimes. And so I'm young, uh, young and newly married and we have kids and um, we get in, I get in this altercation and these three guys, uh, they want to jump me, right? They're harassing me. And I'm just like, all right, let's go, baby. Knock all three out, you know? So we, we get going. This is a long time ago, okay? This is like, it wasn't before Christ, but it was like right after Christ. <laughs> like, I didn't know about sanctification yet, all right? I didn't have no mentor or pastor, you know, making all the excuses I can. <laughs> so we get into it. One thing led to another, man. It was just like, you know, I got a few blows in, broke my pinky on a forehead, and, you know, we're just going for it. And and then there's three of them, so I'm fighting two. And then one, somehow, a guy that was on the ground, probably because I'd knocked him to the ground. I'm mean, just saying, okay. Before it went downhill, it was looking all right. And then I tripped over this guy. And I trip and I hit the front of my head on the concrete. And it dazed me, right? So I'm dazed. And then I hear, let's curb check him. Now, if you guys know what that is, that's a death blow. Now, thankfully, my wife was nearby, and she saw this. Right before they give me the death blow and curb check me, my wife, the fierce lover that she is, runs over in the midst. I'm losing a battle. I'm in the midst of a conflict of my bad choices, mind you. And she runs up and says one thing that stopped this whole altercation. He's a father with her loud, womanly voice. And they scattered like roaches turning the light on. Y'all don't know nothing about roaches, do you? I don't. Vegas, they're everywhere. Turn the light on, they scatter. She comes in, he's a father, and they scatter. The Lord reminded me of this story. And he said, do you remember when your wife did that? The Lord says, the same way her fierce love spoke over you because she loves you is the same way the Holy Spirit, hear me, speaks straight to your identity in the midst of conflict. When you don't know who you are, he tells you who you are. The Spirit is at work and he helps us in our weaknesses. And he tells us and reminds us, what you did is not who you are. The choices you made is not who you are. Yeah, but I'm surrounded. It might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by him. And in the midst of conflict and turmoil and confusion and battle, God comes in with this fierce love and says, I'm right here, and I'm going to tell you who you are. And the enemy scatters. God is at work in the conflict. Can you say amen? amen. He speaks straight to our identity. Number three, God is at work in the unseen. Can you say in the unseen? In the I'm going to be closing with this. and Man, this is so powerful. In a moment, I'm going to read to you uh, just an excerpt from a famous Pascha sermon. Pascha is the term that we get from Passover. It's what the Orthodox Church calls it. It's our celebration of the resurrection, Pascha. And uh, and this sermon is from an early church father from 1,600 years ago, St. John Christosom. And this, it's this beautiful excerpt we're going to read, and we're going to read together in closing. Isn't that amazing? Like, the church has been, and this is a famous Easter sermon, which hundreds of millions of Christians use uh, every year on the resurrection. And it's so profound about how God was at work 
in the unseen realm. How many know when it's dark and the conflict that Jesus had with death is what brought about our life? And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse uh, 10, says this grace was given to us in Christ Jesus. Are you thankful for the grace of God? You know, every Sunday we celebrate the grace of God. His grace is new every morning, right? His mercies and His grace. But there's something about realizing the grace of God is still amazing. The grace of God is still amazing. The blood of Jesus still washes us white as snow. And he says, the grace was given to us in Christ before the beginning of time. But now it has been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death. Say, destroyed death. And has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Through the gospel. Before I read the excerpt from St. John Christosom, I want to ask you, what is the gospel? A lot of times if you ask that question, people say, well, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and then he rose again that's part of the gospel but the gospel is the story of Jesus it's not just the climax of the story which is the cross the burial the resurrection the ascension it's from the virgin womb to the empty tomb it's the whole picture it's the very incarnation of God see the word gospel euangelion is where we get the word evangelism but it, it it's literally rooted in the idea that somebody would proclaim and announce that a king was born, a king and a Lord. And this announcement, that's what the good news is. The heartbeat of the gospel is the very revelation of who God is, the revelation that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what we're celebrating today. And God's at work as the king and of the Lord in the unseen realm. So somebody asked me to define the gospel. And this is in my book, Scandalous Love. We're going to read this. Can you read it with me? Are we all going to, can we do that together? All right. But you have to do it on rhythm with me. All right. Here we go. We're going to rap. All right. Let's, no, I'm just playing. God assumed our fallen humanity, showed his love radically, revealing his divinity, gave his life willingly, restoring our true identity that we might forever share in the life and love and communion with the Holy Trinity. Come on, somebody. Man, whoever wrote that, there's some glory on that. I wrote it. Okay. Praise God. Jesus restored our identity in the greatest conflict. He's at work in the unseen. The verse that we sang about when the lights go out, Jesus meets death face to face. How many know that death has taken some people? Death has taken some folks, some bodies. But when death took this body, the body of Jesus, it met God face to face. We're gonna read this excerpt in closing. 1600 years old. Let's read it together. It's so powerful. Enjoy the feast of faith. Receive all the riches of loving kindness. Let no one lament his poverty, for the universal kingdom has been revealed. Let no one weep for his iniquities, for pardon has shone forth from the grave. Come on. Let no one fear death, for the Savior's death has set us free. He that was held prisoner of it has annihilated it. By descending into hell, he made hell captive. He embittered it when it tasted of his flesh. And Isaiah, foretelling this, did cry. Hell, said he, was embittered when 
it encountered thee in the lower regions. Now let's read all of this together. Come on, every voice. It was embittered, for it was abolished. It was embittered, for it was mocked. It was embittered, for it was slain. It was embittered, for it was overthrown. It was embittered, for it was fettered in chains. I love this part. It took a body and met God face to face. It took earth and encountered heaven. It took that which is seen and fell upon the unseen. Why? Because God is at work in the unseen. You might not see him working, but he's working. It may not look like he's working. Come on. But he is the way maker. He is at work in the unseen. He is at work when you're weeping. Weeping is for a night, but joy. Is this microphone on? But joy comes in the morning. Come on. Late in the midnight hour, he's going to work it around. When you choose to praise anyways, come on. He's going to break open the jail cells. He's going to break those bondages because that's the God we serve. He'll take what the devil meant for a curse and he'll turn it into a blessing because he loves the broken hearted he's at work in our weeping he's at work in our conflict and he's at work in the unseen realm can you say amen at the end of the story in John chapter 20 Mary hears a sound where she recognizes Jesus is at work and I want you to hear the same sound and it's the sound of Jesus calling you by your name, calling you into your identity. He says, Mary, immediately I recognize the distinctiveness of that voice. And she says, Rabboni, that was her Lord, her teacher. At the end of the story, he says, don't cling to me. I haven't ascended to the Father because Jesus was going to come before the throne and to his father and the first embrace would be the father's embrace because on behalf of all of humanity the father was going to embrace his son and it's through his precious blood it's through that sound of his voice he says Mary he's calling us by name he's saying you're chosen you're adopted you're purchased you belong to me now the father has shown us grace. The battle's over. Our adoption papers have been, hear me, signed in the blood of Jesus, sealed in the burial of Jesus, actualized in the power of the resurrection, delivered to the Father in the ascension of Jesus. And in closing, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, the same spirit that raised Jesus, this is what all of this means, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will give life to us. The same, if the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, then we can be made alive. God's at work in our weeping. Come on. God's at work in our conflict. I know that there's conflict, but guess what? God's intervening and he's telling you who you are and the enemy's scattering. And I speak it over you. You're not alone. I bless you in Jesus' name. I want you to stand up with me. The Spirit of God's at work. You know, this week has been a really rough week for me. I told the team, I said, you know, when, the, when it's really bad, it's going to be a good Sunday. I, I just know this. Come on. And I want you to know that you are loved and you're accepted more than anything else. 
I want to ask you to close your eyes because I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never received Jesus, maybe you have been contaminated by religion and some bad view of God that's not real. A God that looks like Zeus. Jesus revealed his father who is a God of love and grace. A God who wants relationship. And he made a way through the story of Jesus. He made a way for you to be reconciled to him. In fact, he reconciled You're already adopted. You just don't know it yet. And all you have to do is receive it. So if you're in this place and you've never received Jesus, or maybe you want to recommit your life and surrender to him, or maybe you're in this place and you just know God's at work and you want to receive more of his love, I'm not going to embarrass you and call you down front, but with every eye closed, I want to ask saints, would you just close your eyes? Prayer team, pray right now. I want to ask if you're in this place and you say, I want more of Jesus. I want his love to heal these wounds. I want to surrender. Simply lift up your hand right now all over the room. Go ahead. Just before God. No one's looking. It's between you and God. Just raise your hand up high. Raise your hand up high. Boom. There's more. Hands up. Hands up. Say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. Any other hands? Just raise up before God. Bam. Right there. More, more. Whoever else, just respond to the Lord. Respond to the Lord right now between you and heaven. You can put your hand down. And we're going to pray this together, even those that didn't raise their hand. And listen, if you're praying this for the first time, your life is about to transform. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Wash me in your precious blood. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Change my life. Heal my heart. Thank you for your love. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Set me free so I can live the way you created me to in relationship with you. I come home to you and receive your embrace. In Jesus' name. Can we seal it with praise? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.